0: Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We're telling you all about the view from the blue in today's pod. The Thunder's G League affiliate has been going full steam ahead in the Orlando bubble. And we spoke to the Thunder's Vice President of Basketball Operations, Will Dawkins, to help us talk a little bit more about the blue. Let's get to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, we're recording this on Monday, March 1st, which means two things. Nick, one, it's been almost a full year since we started these remote operations when our world kind of turned over, when the entire country's world just turned upside down. That's crazy. But two, we are on the second day of this protracted, prolonged, luxurious three-day break between Thunder Games. That is also crazy. (laughs)
1: I tell you what, after nine games and 14 days, 48 hours of no (laughs) games, no game prep feels about as long as that stretch between March 11th, 2020 and March (laughs) 1st, 2021, if that puts things in perspective for y'all. Because this Thunder team has been just at breakneck speed recently with travel back and forth um, that crazy travel day to Memphis where they flew in the day of the game arrived in Memphis at like five 30 in the afternoon and <laughs> played a seven o'clock game. Uh, so Paris, yeah. Um, these last few days have been good. And I think gears the thunder up for this final back to back before the all star break.
0: And one thing that we learn about the Thunder, we've known about it all season long, is that they do not make any excuses. They are going to look at this long stretch of games back to back as an opportunity to get better and see what they're made of. And they really put that medal to the test over these past stretch of games. And luckily, they got a little extra boost off the bench in these past two games. And that boost has come from Ty Jerome. Hamadou Diallo has been out for the Thunder over these past two games with a little bit of groin soreness. And so the Thunder recalled Ty Jerome from the G League bubble. And Nick, what a debut for this guy.
1: Yeah, seven assists. That is the most by any player in a Thunder debut. Uh, that was sensational to just come in and zip the ball around the way that he did as the Thunder beat the Atlanta Hawks. And really, he kind of helped carry over a tone that was set by Tao Maladone in the first quarter of that game. And the two of those guys combined for 19 assists in the game. Uh, That was unbelievable, especially since Tayo's a rookie. Ty is a a second-year player. Uh, But I, I really think just the way that Ty has comported himself through all of this and been able to just gel with the rest of the group after having such a rough start to the season that he had has been sensational.
0: And we'll get into that a little bit later. We have a guest on our pod today, Will Dawkins, and he's talking all things G League, everything that's happening in the G League bubble right now with the blue. And like you mentioned, Nick, Ty had a little bit of a rough start to the season. It took him a little bit longer to get back to healthy than he originally thought. But the thing that stuck out to me the most and what Coach Dagnall talked about after the game was just how seamlessly he fit into everything that the Thunder was doing. I mean, the Thunder had 31 assists in that game against the Hawks. If you haven't seen the numbers for that Hawks game, go check it out. Nick did a whole by the numbers article. There There were some crazy numbers to say the least. Two uniform changes that are two, yeah, yeah. Just throw that out there. Just the, <laughs> the Thunder wore
1: as many uniforms as there were referees. <laughs> <in> that <game. laughs>
0: That's the stat of the game, yeah. Right next to that was 31 assists, of course. Ty had seven, but like you said, just fit into everything that the Thunder was doing. And, was really fun to watch. I mean, the Thunder hasn't really gotten a chance to see Ty play in that many minutes. And mind you, he came in and he played 22 minutes in his very first Thunder game, followed that up the very next day with 29 minutes in the Denver game. So he came in, hit the ground running, and put up an impressive performance. And like Coach Dagnall said after that game, it's a really good example and a testament to kind of the holistic development that goes in the Thunder organization with the Blue and the Thunder.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, he followed up that performance with 15 points against the Denver Nuggets. It was a tough game for the Thunder, but Ty was definitely a bright spot in that. And I think the resilience of a guy like him is what we're seeing right now on in full display this is a kid that was point guard for the university of virginia cavaliers team that was the very first ever number one seed in the ncaa tournament to lose to a 16 seed in the first round and to be able to pick yourself off the mat to keep your chin up for a whole calendar year walking around campus and come back determined and be able to get yourself back into that position and win the national title the next year as a point guard pairs you know there's so much responsibility and leadership that falls on that person's plate And Ty Jerome was a guy that had that resilience in spades. We saw that again this year with the the rough ankle injury that happened within the first hour of training camp. I mean, can you imagine getting traded? You're all excited. You're going to get this great opportunity right in front of you for a ton of minutes. The first hour of training camp, you go down with an ankle injury, and then you're way behind the rest of the group for the next two months, basically. So uh, incredible job by him, by the Thunder staff. Uh, by the OKC Blue staff, which is in constant coordination with the Thunder. And then great job by Ty, just hanging in there and not getting down.
0: Just a competitive guy. That's what Coach Grant Gibbs talks about when he talks about Ty Jerome. He's just competitive. SGA said he's just a basketball player. If you put him in any sort of situation, any sort of lineup, he's going to fit in and he's going to do what he does. And that's, that's play at a really high level. And that's really what the Thunder has all the way down the roster with the Thunder roster and the OKC Blue roster. We have seen, Nick, we've seen some games where down in that G League bubble, those guys are getting after it. Guys like Alexei Pokashevsky, Moses Brown, just getting in there and making a difference, being competitors and taking advantage of the opportunity that they have ahead of them. When it's the Thunder, I mean, they're taking advantage of being in these rough kind of back-to-back situations, game after game, testing their metal. Down in the G League bubble, they're taking advantage advantage of that opportunity to be immersed in just a basketball environment and, and work on their growth and development as players. And that's what we're seeing. And it's, it's been really fun to watch for these guys in Orlando.
1: Yeah. I mean, what Mark Dagnalt said that Moses Brown is down there rocking out. I think that was the exact term.
0: The, quote, yeah. the guy's a
1: double, double machine right now. Poku is running point guard, running pick and roll. That's the fascinating thing. And and we'll talk to Will Dawkins about him a little bit more later on in the show. Um, Will Dawkins, by the way, is the, the vice president of basketball operations, really in charge of scouting. So he's one of those guys that's been out on the road, getting a look at all of these players that have been brought into the Thunder program. But Poku... He's seven feet tall. He's running pick and roll. And if you think about it, I mean, can you imagine if you were seven foot tall playing point guard, how I'd easy those drop off passes. Gallo, I'd
0: those <laughs>
1: <laughs> those drop off passes would be so easy. And so we're kind of seeing that nice little combo, a seven footer to seven foot two pick and roll right in the middle of the floor, Poku to Moses Brown. That's been fun to watch.
0: No, that that's the thing. Two seven footers are on the floor for the blue. Really in any given point. You've got Omer Yard seven, who's also out there at seven feet tall. And like you said, Poku has done a great job of also just stepping up his facilitating and and balancing out his well-rounded game. He's got such a unique skill set at his height and his length, and he is really taking advantage of the opportunity to be a playmaker down there, putting some really fun plays together Be sure to follow at OKC Blue on all social channels. And from here on out through the rest of the blue regular season, you can stream their games on the OKC Thunder website. Just go to okcthunder.com and all three remaining games for the blue, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, will be streaming live on OKCthunder.com. Be sure to check them out. They have been very, very fun to watch. They are eight and three right now in the G-League bubble. So be sure to tune in. With that, let's now get into our interview with Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Thunder, Will Dawkins. Will, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today.
2: No problem. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, Will.
1: Will, you have been with the Thunder organization for so long. You're kind of a classic example of the whole organization's philosophy of development. And so just for our fans who maybe don't uh, know your backstory and your role exactly. Will you explain kind of what your job is on the day to day now?
2: Uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be around the Thunder organization um, since the beginning when we got here in Oklahoma City, starting in kind of an intern role and kind of in the video room and my work and my way up. So I've been blessed and fortunate. that The leadership team has, has given me different opportunities to grow myself and develop, which is something obviously we want for everyone in the organization, players and staff alone. So I've, I've been a beneficiary of that. So right now, I kind of help within the front office, overseeing a lot of the scouting department and evaluation, but also helping out on strategy and things of that nature, doing whatever I can to be a part of the team.
0: And you had a pretty big role in scouting some of the guys that are down there in the Orlando bubble right now, Moses Brown, Poku, you've got Josh Hall, and yeah. and Ty Jerome as well. Just what was that process like, you know, scouting these guys in the midst of what I imagine was a really tough, you know, summer for scouting?
2: Yeah, it's a unique opportunity is kind of the way we took it. Um, there's obviously some disadvantages to it, but there was also some things where we were able to turn them into advantages for us. Uh, and going through the draft with guys like Josh Hall and Alexey um, you had to find unique ways to evaluate them. But fortunately for us, we were able to get out early and see those guys the summer before. I remember going out to Greece and seeing Alexei play for Serbia and getting a chance there um, and having our scouts go earlier before the pandemic actually hit. So we can see those guys then. And going into the, the high school circuit, the prep school circuit to see Josh Hall as well is a little different. So they both come from unique backgrounds where they weren't in college, but you got an opportunity to see them early. And then once um, everything shut down with the pandemic, you were able to do a lot of stuff like we're doing through Zoom and online and interviews. And we got a chance to really get to know them pretty well. Didn't get to interact with them as much in person, but you actually spent more time getting to know them and talking to them. Uh, online and computer so it was unique and then you have the pros and, and Moses Brown and Ty who played for other teams last year but you're still evaluating them and our produe do does, does a great job of mixing with our amateur group on guys that we studied in college once they become pros we kind of shifted over and the book gets into their hands with all the information and you're tracking those players and a lot of players and the ones you look for and you like in college you try to find a way to get them in the NBA as well
1: well just you know, you can't be on that red eye to Athens uh, every, every week. So with, with kind of limited touch points and, you know, it's not super easy also to go see a guy like Josh Hall uh, all the time either. When you have limited touch points, what's your mindset when you go into those situations in terms of how you're going to maximize those visits?
2: So I have to give a lot of credit to the amateur evaluators. They do a lot of work ahead of time and they're early on a lot of these guys. So we know who they are in advance of before their year that they're coming up to be draft eligible. So you're going in, you're watching the film, you have a feel for kind of how they play their playing style. And when you go and see them live, you can kind of tie up the the loose ends and see some things that you don't really get to see on film, how they interact with coaches, how they interact with teammates, referees, their body, fluidity, how they're moving, things of that nature. And that can kind of paint the, the perfect picture to it all. And then you, you have the interview process where you can finally get to meet with them and speak with them and learn more about who they are as people. But we're, we're calling a lot of sources and have a feel for who they are before those interviews. But again, not having the accessibility to go down the street to uh, Oklahoma or our West Coast stouts that live in Seattle or it's easy to go see some of the Pac-12 Big East games. You can see those guys more often. So you got to make sure you see them in the summertime because that's when we have more time um, to really go out on those circuits and especially internationally. But you, you make time for good players.
0: You talk about a couple of those touch points that were kind of missing during the season, one of which was summer league. That's such a valuable touch point in this organization. I mean, in the NBA as a whole, Uh, can you just talk about kind of the opportunity that especially these young guys like Poku, Josh Hall, Ty Jerome, even um, just having that opportunity to be down there in the G League bubble, just kind of immersed in, in a development environment?
2: Yeah, you, with the Thunder organization, um, Paris, you hit on it. There's so many opportunities for people to develop and get better. And with the young guys starting out, it really, really starts right after the draft. We have a training camp here in Oklahoma City, typically, before we even go to Summer League. Um, so for those guys to get the experience within the system and learning what it takes to be a Thunder player and things of that nature, they really didn't get to do that. And then you didn't get the chance to go out and play and compete against other NBA guys and during Summer League. And then you even got a condensed training camp. Um, so it was definitely different for them. So as head coach, Mark dagnall always talks about every day is an opportunity to get better and develop. And when we saw the opportunity to have some of these guys assigned to what the G league has done, created this bubble down there, we've done an excellent job to give them an opportunity to play games, but also practice and scrimmage and really be a part of the team is something that they couldn't get here. And it's just very valuable for all of our players that are down there right now.
1: Yeah. So without those touch points, some of the guys kind of were thrown right into nba action and so specifically a guy like poku he's playing maybe 15 17 minutes a night for the thunder and in a more specific role now you're getting to see him run pick and roll and really handle the ball and be a playmaker what have you thought of those opportunities for him with the blue and and how he's handled all of that
2: with alexis coming from a, a different perspective because he was hurt a lot of last year when he was playing in Greece and was dealing with injuries there. So he's coming off a season where he wasn't completely playing a ton, mixing in pro A with a little pro B. And then you make the jump into the NBA and he goes without a summer league, without a summer training camp and a condensed camp. So he doesn't get the normal opportunity. So Mark's done a tremendous job of of giving him chances here with the Thunder. But the role is a little more condensed, as you can imagine, coming in as a first year player. But he's done a tremendous job of, Playing hard, um, working hard every single day, attacking every day, and I think you saw it more on the defensive end when you were watching with the Thunder when he went down there initially with the to the G League bubble. He was still leading our team in block shots, so he was doing it defensively in the NBA, and then has a chance when he goes down there with the to Orlando to show a little bit more on the offensive end. And as you can tell, each game he's gotten better and better, and he's starting to build because of the the type of person he is, the type of work that he puts in, and he's being more comfortable putting him, Grant Gibbs has done a great job putting him in position where he can handle the ball, make some plays, um, but consistently still rebounding, getting assists. If you see his last two games, I think he's got his points to around 16 a game, almost 10 rebounds and five assists. So the full spectrum of, of what Poku can become, he's starting to figure that out and, and build that confidence. But it, it all comes back to the work that he puts in and the the people we have around him to make sure he's able to do that down there.
0: One thing I did want to ask you is just off the floor in terms of Poku's mentality, it seems like every situation, he's been thrown a lot during his first year, 19 years old, and he seems like he's been able to kind of soak it all up. And so when he's thrown into this new situation in Orlando, can you just kind of talk about his mentality and how he's been able to kind of attack that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Great question. I would say day one when our team got together, Coach Dagnall let everyone know it was going to be a different type of year and things are going to come up, and our mentality for the entire team is going to be, okay, what's next? What's next? Give me some more. And Poku really embraced that, and he's come in with the the mindset of, I'm just going to try to get better every single day and control what I control. And when you see that, it's good to see the work starting to pay off a little bit with him. What people don't realize because you guys haven't been around our team as much and not the fans get to see it being at games yet, but he's a funny, funny guy. Um, he's young got a lot of energy he brings it every day but the guys really enjoy being around him Um, and down in the Orlando bubble just talking to coach Gibbs and talking to Nazi Muhammad who are there on the ground every single day uh, it really is a team dynamic and he's playing into that and you can see his performance starting to pay off as well just from the work that he's putting in getting more comfortable being around the guys and just playing against NBA physicality and, and just learning what all goes into being an NBA player and it's, it's going to continue to get better for him. He's going to have some ups and downs, but the the guy approaches every single day, no matter what, looking to get better. And we really, really appreciate that about him. And it, it's going to pay off. He, he's so young.
1: Yeah, I wanted to to swing back to something that you were talking about earlier, about him leading the Thunder in blocks before he went to Orlando. He was one of the yeah. leaders among rookies as well, I think second when he, he left for Orlando. So much focus sometimes gets put on the offensive side of the ball for yeah. young players, but how encouraging has it been Free you all to see the way that he can use his length, creating steals and blocks, being disruptive?
2: Yeah, very much so. When we evaluated him playing with his country in Serbia and the U-17, U-18, those type of events, you could see him have an effect on all sides of the floor. And we knew that the physicality of the game would take some time. But if you listen to some of our evaluators, we thought the defense, the shot blocking, contesting, effort plays... Those are things you can control right away. And he was able to implement that and and do that with the Thunder right away. I think some of the the offensive stuff that you're starting to see, the familiarity, the ability of seven feet to handle the ball, to stretch the floor, to make good decisions, that stuff's going to take some time. But he had that in him defensively right away. So we're proud and happy to see him doing those type of things. And we expect him to continue to do that.
0: Well, another guy we've gotten a lot more look at here in Orlando is Ty Jerome. He didn't even get really an opportunity to, to play in Oklahoma City that much, recovering from a little bit of an injury. But he is another one of those kind of high IQ players, has a little bit of NBA experience. What have you seen from him so far down there in Orlando?
2: With Ty, the number one thing with him for going down to Orlando is just to get healthy. Um, he's unfortunately hasn't really been given an opportunity because of health to really jump in and get a lot of minutes. First day of training camp, he he took an injury and was sat out um, for a while. But Ty's the type of person that eats it all up um, and finds a way to get better, whether it's through film, whether it's through individual work. I can look out of my office every day and see him shooting off one leg. He's just a hooper. So he was taking advantage of every opportunity. And once he finally got down and got a chance to kind of get his rhythm going and get playing, we knew that we were going to be able to see some of the things that he's doing now down there at the bubble.
1: I got to ask you about Moses Brown, too. Guy's been a double-double machine. Mark Dagnalt said he, he's down there rocking out, uh, I think <laughs> were his words the other day. Um, h- yeah. How great is it to see him really kind of flexing down there, the the ways that he can be
2: a dominant force? Moses is another one that tacks every single day. Um, to be as big as he is, to play as hard as he does, that's a skill. But he's got more to that, and he's showing it. Funny, before he went down, Mark got the entire group together and was talking about the guy's assignment, how important it is to kind of support the guys and everyone here with the Thunder, Then texting them, calling them, like staying in in touch with them. And Moses was speaking, I think it was Al Horford was like, hey, when you get down there, we want to see some double-doubles. We want to see you do some work. And Moses was like, I got you guys, I got you. And obviously he's, he's been tremendous. He's not have to deal with any injuries, and he's kind of gone through it unlike some of the other guys where he's been straight from the beginning running and going. And I think he's got like seven double-doubles down there. He's leading the, the G League in rebounds, second in blocks, first or second in second-chance points. He's just playing really, really hard and doing it on both sides of the floor. So we're happy to see that for Moses because he's a great, great young man, and he plays really hard and puts the work in every single day. So happy to see it pay off for him. and um, I mean, he can text Al and let him know that he's living up to the request for sure.
0: He definitely is, and and he's, you know, raising a few eyebrows. Just in, in my perspective and per- just personally, his connection with Poku, I mean, two seven-footers and the way that they've been able to connect on the offensive side, but also defensively as well, just kind of wreaking havoc in there in the paint. I-, I wanted to ask you, what has kind of impressed you the most or stood out to you the most from what you've seen from those guys down there in Orlando so far?
2: Yeah, I would say – Coach Grant Gibbs and his staff have done a great job with the blue season, having a, a condensed training camp and getting guys going. If you look at some of the analytics, how efficient we are scoring the basketball, first and second as far as three-point efficiency, um, scoring efficiency, field goal efficiency, but also just scoring. But number one, in assists. So the way we're getting it, um, we're playing a really team-related game. But if you look on the other end, our defense has been almost as good. Um, leading in rebounds, block shots, things of that nature. So it's a two end of the floor game being preached by our coaching staff. And those guys have kind of eaten it all up. And you see a unique group of four or five combination when everyone's playing the small bowl, we have two seven footers out there running, pick and roll, making plays and kind of gaining experience that they wouldn't be getting up here right now. And that's the biggest thing going down there, getting an the opportunity to explore their game, use their creativity and learn what they can and can't get away with and develop and, those minutes are vital. Those opportunities are vital. Um, And to see those guys taking advantage of it and being held accountable by coach Gibbs on both sides of the basketball, that's the most important thing to see. Um, And then you have a guy like Ty Jerome, who we all saw in college make big plays and winning plays and key decisions. And you watch him orchestrate the end of game, whether it's winning the game at the buzzer or coming off a pick and roll, finding Poku for a big time shot last game, uh, finding Moses on a, uh, pick and roll to the rim. He's making the right decisions. So you want to see that IQ and that leadership in a professional as well. So I'm happy for all our guys down there right now.
1: One other guy, just as you're talking that, about the opportunity, about got getting it. a chance to, to kind of explore their game, uh, is a player in Josh Hall, who got some minutes at the nba level i know he hasn't been able to play much with the blue yet but when you were scouting him and he's so young so so raw but seems like he has all those great athletic tools what really stands out to you about him in terms of a long-term prospect
2: yeah with josh we liked him in the draft process Um, we're fortunate to be able to get him after the draft on a a Sue way contract and with him going into the, the prep school tournaments and games is not the same as walking into a tie your own big Virginia final four you're evaluating in those areas so you got to come in with a little bit of a different perspective um, in his age and, and going to see him the way he competed really stuck out um, he stands out athletically the fluidity he has in his body the length ability to score at different levels but also defend so you see this live body and this ball of energy and you get a chance to interview him you find out what type of person he is you're like we can invest in this person um, and think you're going to get your investment back because he works and he wants to be good. He had a pretty good opportunity um, coming in and was working hard and then got injured unfortunately and uh, went down to the bubble and had a really good scrimmage to get going but then uh, had some injuries issues as well. so he's only played really one game gotten really hasn't gotten his feet wet there um, but what the fans will be able to see when they get is like a team guy who plays hard on both ends can make plays, handle the ball. And it's going to be flying all over the court. So we're excited to get him back and healthy. But he's learning, talking to the coaches every day, watching film, still finding ways to get better because that's the type of person he is.
0: One last question for you before we let you go. I, I am curious because you've, you've you mentioned it so many times about, you know, how these guys are attacking every day. It seems like the Thunder culture is just alive and well in Orlando. And one of the things Coach Dagnall says oftentimes when talking about the G League is that, you know, the Thunder really tries to replicate the culture, from uh, the OKC Thunder to OKC Blue. How are you guys able to do that, you know, with separated by miles and miles now in an entirely different state? How are you guys still able to make sure that the Thunder culture is still really alive and well and replicated at a high level down there?
2: It starts with uh, Sam Presti, our general manager. He has envisioned from the very beginning having the, the G League affiliate be the same and ran the same as the funder and just really having a partnership. So a lot of the staff work with the funder the majority of the year. So when they do depart to go do their their specific roles within the blue, they're staying in constant communication um, with everyone here. So Grant's having conversation with Mark, Rachel Cuts is having conversations with Donnie, Nazi Muhammad speaking with Jesse Gould, myself, Brendan Barnett, um, whoever we can to just really help everyone and really support and Set the culture and driver when they get down there. That it's going to be the same. Um, they spent a lot of time. Chris Condit talking to Mark St. Ives. How'd you guys run the bubble? What were you guys able to do when you were down there? So the cohesion, the connectivity between the the two teams is really, really strong. I think that starts with with Sam and the direction that he gives. But a lot of the the credit goes to the people down there in the bubble and understanding what it's about and being around the Thunder and trying to replicate that down there. And the players feel it. Um, the coaches are watching film. We're on the plane coming back from. Uh, Cleveland the other night I walked back and coach bliss um, coach Cam are watching blue film um, cutting it up sending edits to the player so it's always top of mind player development every everything's an opportunity so whether you're getting it pre-practice whether you're getting it at a shoot around whether you're getting it during an NBA game or everything that's going on with the blue we we take that seriously and we attack that and we we log it we track it and we make sure people are, are staying on the, the track that we need them to be on and trying to improve every single day and To the guys' credit, to the staff's credit, Um, it's been a pretty successful program and hopefully it will continue that way.
0: I think one of the coolest things is that these guys are learning and growing and developing, but they're also pretty fun to watch as well. So if you have not seen an OKC Blue game, they've got a few left before the playoffs. So be sure to tune in and and watch these guys at work because they really are fun to watch. Will, thank you so, so much for your time and joining us on our podcast today. It's great talking to you.
2: Oh, thank you. Everybody be safe. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Will.
0: That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer and to Will Dawkins. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.